Hi, my name's Izzy. Welcome to Lowercase Sober Part 2. If you're new to the podcast, I define lowercase sober personally as meaning I'm sober but not capital S sober. I don't drink, but I'm not in recovery or rehab in the traditional sense, and I'm not an addict. In Part 1 of Lowercase Sober, I talked about my relationship to alcohol, especially being in my 20s. In Part 2, I'm interviewing other people about their relationship to alcohol. Each guest in part two was asked some of the questions I asked myself when I was developing part one, and I'm really excited to share their thoughts with you. This episode, our discussion is with someone who still currently drinks and views alcohol positively. We also discuss blacking out. So if that's a topic that you are sensitive to, please use discretion when listening to this episode. Without further ado, our guest today is... Vera, she, her pronouns. I'm from Houston, Texas, and I am currently a marketing manager. So Vera, uh, what identifier do you use for your relationship to alcohol? So I'm definitely a social drinker, but also consider myself an emotional drinker as well. What was the last drink you had? And can you tell me more about the situation in which you had that last drink? So the last drink I had was a glass of wine uh, for dinner. It was uh, a couple of nights ago. So I'm I'm staying with my, my family during quarantine, so I'm not really allowed to drink. It's not that there are specific rules, but the air will kind of change and get tense whenever I approach the wine cabinet. They tend to watch me or make little comments about my drinking. So I'm I'm definitely a lot more careful about it right now. Not not really drinking at the moment. What is your current relationship with alcohol? So my current relationship to alcohol, I would call it a tug of war. The dynamic is similar to that of a parent-toddler relationship. So there's like a lot of attempted discipline involved, but things get inevitably sloppy and out of control. But that was that was kind of in the past. Uh, recently, I've I've definitely been gaining a lot more control over over my relationship with it. How much do you drink? What do you drink, if anything? So I I just kind of made some general rules for myself. Um, I recently cut back drinking significantly. So the rules are only on Fridays and Saturdays, and I try to stick to only wine. Every once in a while, I can have a martini or cocktail. Well, there are exceptions, of course, whenever I'm going through a rough time. So then I can split a a bottle of wine with my roommate in the middle of the week. (laughs) Before I stopped drinking completely, and also before I like quit cigarettes and all this other stuff, I would make like rules for myself too. But they were completely ineffectual because like I don't, it's just like my personality or whatever. I always had like a two drink rule forever and ever and ever. But like after two drinks, all you want to do is like drink more so it's like the most ineffective rule of all time no yeah totally I mean it the rule is there to limit the days that it happens but I also believe in letting go I believe in if you're going to indulge in a cake you can have the whole cake you know you worry about it it's just don't do that a that every once in a while or if it's needed um and the same thing for drinking. It's like, okay, if I'm drinking, like, okay, if, if it turns into a bottle of wine, it's okay. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm just going to make sure that it doesn't happen on a regular basis or that it doesn't become a habit. Because when it becomes a habit and when the cheating and the basically the abuse of it becomes a habit, that's when it becomes a problem. So just by setting those general rules of like, these are the days when you're allowed to do it if you want to, that kind of helps 
me personally because I'm a very uh, I I need rules in order to function. Yeah. Okay. I operate in a really similar way, which is that I've tried to spend less time beating myself up for indulging and stuff, and more just recognize that indulgence isn't an everyday thing. It is like a mm-hmm. once in a while thing. If you do or don't actively drink, is there any reason why? Yeah. So I drink to have a release, to forget, to feel sexy, to have fun, to dance. I'm an introvert with a surprisingly active social life, so it helps me break out of my comfort zone. It feels like it opens up a different side of me, a performative Marilyn Monroe character that's fabulous and can talk to anyone and just have a great time. So when I drink, I'll just dance with strangers or lead a conversation at a party. It makes me feel invincible. So I I also like feeling like an adult that can make her own choices, that I can go to work, I can pay for my own drinks, I can have sex if I want to, I can drink wine with a girlfriend. Um, a lot of those things are really tied in with the the choice to drink. It feels liberating to be independent and to have that option to do whatever I want. And then I'll, as a side note, I used to be a really bad chain smoker since I was like... <laughs> like 16 it's pretty bad I I was a really bad smoker for a really long time so to have been able to break out of that habit and to not have that dependency anymore it's nice to still be able to have an outlet every once in a while of of a release and that's what drinking is for me it's just kind of a tiny little escape but just a little dose what is your best memory associated with drinking my best memory, um, dancing, anywhere, anytime. I just love dancing. I love that feeling of letting go and feeling invincible. Doesn't matter where, I could be on vacation or at an exotic locale or at my local bar. When I'm dancing, I'm happy. So I especially love to have people over at home having some wine, blasting some disco music. Those are those have always been my happiest memories. So it's not really limited to just one. When I think about like the times when I've been happy and drinking, like 98% of them are dancing in people's living rooms or like the handful of times I've ever been to clubs. They just like haven't been a part of my life. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about like getting the right kind of drunk with people that you love and then just letting go. Yeah, it's euphoric. What is your funniest drinking story? Okay. (laughs) So it's funny to me, and then I I realize it might not be as funny to other people, but because it was part of my high school experience and it made me feel like a badass, I consider it very funny, and so does like my close friend group, but I don't know if it'll translate, so here we go. Um... So I was drinking with my whole high school friend group under my favorite bridge spot near the bayou by my house. Um, It was New Year's Eve and we had a bunch of sparklers and we're just goofing around. We heard a a lot of noise nearby and it sounded like a bump and house party. So my dumbass decides now is a good time to go crash that party. So I tell my friends, watch this. And I climb a fence completely covered in bayou mud. Cause I've been hanging under a bridge. So I'm like, I'm just like covered in bayou mud and I'm just, just like very drunk. And I totally crashed this party and it looks like a TV show college scene where everyone is wearing stilettos and cute outfits. 
while I'm literally um, a swamp monster in Doc Martens. And I walked through this like crowd of fabulous, beautiful looking people, just like saying hi to people. Like I knew them, like shaking hands, like, like, like very like great Gatsby. Um, and then the, the, the bro whose house it is to be had to pretend like he knew me. You know, when I walked Strim and gave him a high five, um, then I walked up to his bar and snagged a giant bottle of vodka um, and then exited, like, pointing finger guns and winking at everyone. <laughs> and then I just, like, jumped right over the fence. Um, and, like, basically all of my friends were just, like, screaming and, like, howling in the woods because I had just crashed this party <laughs> covered it was it was really I, I'm not good at like telling stories but like that was like a highlight of of me being drunk and doing dumb shit was was basically crashing some rich kids party and taking their biggest bottle of vodka you were in high school oh my god it was totally not it was not okay it was <laughs> it was not okay but that's that's just what you do I guess I'm just like picturing like tiny teenager Vera uh, just like the confidence of like a whale <laughs> just like so much confidence for no reason like oh I love yeah. it yeah it was bad but great <laughs> uh okay so now for a giant tone shift what's your worst memory associated with drinking so the worst, worst associated with drinking, uh, honestly, it's the memories that I can't remember. I get really, really scared when I wake up the next morning and realize that I was totally functioning and out in the world with zero control or recollection. So unfortunately, that's kind of a huge reason why I have to control myself and tell my friends to look out for me. I don't know why, but I'm super prone to blacking out. It's mortifying and it's it's super shameful and just really really kind of scary. Um. So, what is your scariest drinking story? My scariest drinking story. Uh, it was this night out in Moscow. Um. So I was I again zero zero recollection. I was blacked out and I ran away from my friends, and I tried to climb a fence again. It's it's a reoccurring theme. For me when i'm when i'm drunk i just climb fences that's what happens um and i run away from people that's just something that i do when i'm when i'm drunk but i fell i fell off the fence and i pierced my collarbone and it was like bleeding everywhere and then some russian soldiers tried to like physically apprehend me and i almost got arrested which is really fucking scary in russia and again i had like zero recollection was happening. I also had a night where I was drinking with some Crimean train conductors and woke up on an empty train docked in Moscow. And I had no idea how long I had been there and was really, really scared. Those those were like one of the lowest points like in my life. That is really scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is shit that I that I don't really even talk about like these are the kind of memories that you just kind of suppress and just like nope we're yeah. gonna try to remember that one yeah. have you ever done anything that changed your life while drinking yeah all the all the time for better and for worse 
Um, I've had the most incredible moments happen while drinking and the worst moments happen while drinking. Um, one time I went out drinking and woke up the next morning with a ticket to Ibiza and I went <laughs> and it was crazy. Um, <laughs> I remember at one point walking around this like insane mansion on a hill overlooking the ocean surrounded by all of these beautiful wealthy people and just deeply deeply missing my people back at home I realized that I didn't like anyone there that I didn't like all of the extravagance that I just wanted to be around the people that I loved uh the the most significant connection I made there was with the Russian housekeeper we spent the whole time talking about her story and her family and how she'd come to Spain from a small town in Russia and I would help her clean up around the house while all the rich people were still in a drug-induced coma just for for somebody for somebody like me that that's always dreamed of experiencing what a charmed life must be like i was completely just content with chilling with the cleaning lady i was going on hikes alone and just staying sober and that whole experience not only exposed me to a life the lifestyle of the wealthy but showed me that it was totally not for me and that shifted my perspective hugely on what sort of success I, I wanted to be like for. I was just like, oh, like this is what everybody, like what the media, what TV, what, what films show you that you should want. And I experienced it and I was like, this is lame as hell and I just want to go home. Whenever you, you've told me this story um, and also when you just recounted it now, um, mm -hmm. it reminds me so much of how every time I've ever been in a situation where like like not not like just like money but like an excess amount of money is involved mm -hmm. like billionaires and millionaires and stuff just because like in the arts like sometimes they're just people who are just like I don't know playing with artists <laughs> there's always this moment of like absolute fascination like that moment in Princess Diaries where she like like becomes wealthy <laughs> and everything is amazing and good and she just and then there's a moment where you're like do we need 60 perfectly ripe avocados do we no no we don't we don't we don't need any of those things <laughs> and and i think everybody should should experience that at some point in their lives i think i think it's important that we all experience like a taste of like oh this is what the lap of luxury looks like just to understand that hey this isn't the priority and and then i i told you that the story of like they wouldn't put they wouldn't turn the faucets off like oh, that yeah. was crazy like waking up in the morning and like literally all of the faucets are on in the house because for rich people it doesn't matter if the water's running all night oh my Think god what? Ugh. 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 <laughs> do you regret anything you've done drunk oh yeah 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 a lot well first and foremost I regret being blacked out. That's that's the thing I just hate. I really, really hate the most. And as a as an effect of that, or as a byproduct of that, I guess I could say that I, I regret hooking up with people I shouldn't have been hooking up with. I regret embarrassing the people that I love. I regret disappointing the people that I love. So I have like a switch. Everything's fun until it's not anymore. I'll get carried away and just completely stop listening to people and become a delinquent. And I'll, I'll do this thing where if I think that anyone is telling me to do something or stop doing something, that they're trying to control me. 
And the no return, Vera hates being told what to do and she hates control. She just wants to rebel and be a punk. A part of this is the Vera that just wants to be free of everything, but it ends up being a Vera that barrels over other people in an attempt to do so, um, which is totally not okay. And it's ruined a lot of relationships for me. So yeah, I just, I guess I just regret the person that I become when I'm drunk, mainly. I just become a really shitty person. I, I just, I, I do become a shitty person. And I know that. And that's why I have to tell people to like, if, tell me, like, just tell me because I, like, there's like zero control happening. And I don't, I don't like, I, it, it freaks me out. And I don't know if it, it makes me question if that's like actually a part of my character or if that's just alcohol. And that's the just like the weirdest part about it that question is like burned into my mind forever like is is my behavior when I'm drunk a result of drinking or is it my actual behavior but I just don't have any inhibitions anymore yeah. and the thing that I have been thinking about a lot lately especially as I've been talking to people for this podcast and just in general about alcohol and drinking etc cetera, etc cetera, is that like our behavior and the people that we are and like our character isn't determined by the, I mean, this is going to sound so cheesy, but it's not determined by the mistakes that we make, but it's determined by how we react to making those mistakes. And like, I consider, I like, I regret so much of what I, I used to do when I drank. I think the thing that I realized way after the fact and after feeling very guilty for a really long time is like that. And it's not a perfect, it's not a perfect thing, but it's just that, like, I always, like, apologized, and I always, like, stepped up, and I always was, like, <laughs> sorry, I was, like, four Long Island iced teas in. <laughs> There's no coming back from that. <laughs> I don't know. It's a tough question, because it's also, like, it's something that you don't really know the answer to. It's, like, you and I are not, like, neuroscientists or people who study <laughs> people's behavior when they're drinking and when they're not. So it's hard to say, but it's just something, it's something that I've thought about a lot. I think to a degree it is, it is part of you. It's just, fortunately that part comes out in not so great kind of ways. Like, yeah. like somebody like me who's like had control and who's, who's been disciplined my whole life. The effect is that when I when I drink, she wants like nothing with control, nothing with discipline, and actually just wants to actively rebel against any little thing, any simple request. I think it's just a part of your repression. I think it's also so I, it is it is part part of you. I think, but I think yeah, you're right in that the way you respond to it, that's what defines your character. Because at the end of the day, it's on a chemical level, like it's it's really stripping a lot away. You're making me think a lot too about um like my my thing that I used to do when I drank was like because you didn't you've actually never known me when I have been drinking. I I, I saw you about I saw you about the the yeah. purchase loop. <laughs> I I saw you a stumbling and a tumbling. <laughs> I always forget like there there are people who I will see like in the city from time to time and I'm just like hello and they're like hey there what's up. Do you remember that, like, night? And I'm like, no. But I'm glad Whoa. someone does. <laughs> but uh, uh, you're reminding me that, like, when I used to drink a lot, a lot of my behavior was sort of in reaction to the fact that I was a very, like, 
good student and spent a lot of my time studying or working on stuff and and doing things correctly. And so, like, if somebody was like, oh, you shouldn't, it's very similar to your thing. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, like, Izzy, you've had, like, three drinks. You shouldn't also smoke weed. You are not an experienced cross-faded person. Maybe tonight is not the night to try that. I would just be like, whatever. Tonight's not the night to be correct. <laughs> yeah. Or just, like, stop telling me what to do. Like, you're not yeah. my director. You're not my mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me live. I just, like, wanted to rebel against everybody telling me what to do all the time and, like, following the rules all the time and doing everything right all the time. Yeah. Preaching to the choir. Yeah. yeah. A little ballerina bunhead over here. Like, yeah. I'm supposed to be this... Like, ballerinas are crazy to me. Like, what there's built up to be in society is just so nuts. Like, they're supposed to be this virginal, perfect ray of sunshine that like doesn't dye their hair doesn't get tattoos doesn't doesn't do stuff like just it's like a it's like you're a monk you're basically just yeah. practicing day in and day out on your craft and the first thing that I did when I graduated high school I was like tattoos hair like <laughs> drinking everything like everything all at once <laughs> like I want to do it all and I want to I want to I want to just live and then it, it turns out you got to ease your way into it you can't do you can't it all at once yeah that's what I learned too is I like just I jumped in with both feet <laughs> if you drink or used to drink what do you do slash did you do to stay safe while you're drinking I, I would be paranoid about my phone and my wallet super super on top of it I would bring a small crossbody bag every single time I go out so that I can make sure I can keep both of them on me while dancing and then I would also ask my friends to just please stop me if they think I've had too much, no matter how much I insist otherwise. I also try to not mix anything. So like any drinks, types of drinks, I try to not mix things. I try to keep it in one thing. But yeah, I would when I go when I go out, like I have to tell people like even if I am saying no, I'm fine. If you think that I don't need another drink, I have to tell people, like, literally just, like, be strict with me. Because that's the only thing that I'll respond to. It's, like, that crazy. Like, Nova, like, if, if I go out with Nova, I'm like, Nova, 22-year-old Nova. Hey, Nova. Hey, child. Please restrict this adult if you see me getting out of hand. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. But people also give you the benefit of the doubt they're like you're an adult so like if you're making that decision I guess it's fine mm -hmm. and you need the people that can look past that and just be like hey I know you're an adult but right now you're being a child Ooh, I don't know what that says about my psyche <laughs> <laughs> if you still drink have you thought about stopping definitely I've thought about stopping as a gesture to the people I love or the people I've hurt but Honestly, for the time being, kind of cutting back has been working really well just for the past couple of months. Um, I've been saying no to a lot, and it's been really great. I don't think I'll ever fully stop because I, I do love drinking and I love celebration and freedom and like all of those other things that kind of come with it. Um, I'm just really working on my discipline. Um, to be honest, I've, I've come a long way from the habits I used to have. So I'm really, 
proud of the control I've developed in the past couple of years. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Yeah, thanks. Thank you again to Vera for a great conversation. If you like the podcast and want to throw a few dollars a month my way to support the project, I'd really appreciate it. The perks of becoming a Patreon supporter are great and include things like exclusive episodes, input on future topics, and access to the Lowercase Sober Discord server. Again, you can find my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash lowercase sober. While I'm researching for next week's segment on anti-racism, recovery, and healthcare, here are three action items for you to take right now. Number one, sign the new Brianna Taylor White House petition. I'll link it in this episode's description. Number two, follow recovery accounts that are intersectional. I suggest Recovery for the Revolution, Sober Black Girls Club, and L.Nuzzles. Their accounts run by incredible folks and definitely worth checking out. Number three, donate to the Black Trans Advocacy Coalition, also linked in the episode description. Thanks for listening. My name's Izzy D'Esposito. I record, edit, and produce this podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find the podcast on Instagram at lowercase sober. Resources are in the description if you or a loved one is struggling with alcohol dependence. Sending lots of love. Finally, a big shout out to our Patreon supporters, Sarah, Mo, Allie, Taylor, and Allie. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to join them and get a shout out at the end of every Lowercase Sober episode, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash lowercase sober and choosing the tier that works best for you. Thanks and stay safe.